Hello everyone, this is Deborah and welcome to my podcast once again. I am here with a new series. This is going to be a four-week series and this series is titled The War in the Mind. How does negative thoughts and voices in the mind relate to trauma and spiritual warfare? We're going to be going over this. Um, I am, I've been waiting to do this, uh, this podcast series. I've been waiting for a while to do this podcast series and I know I took a break uh, for a little bit so I am glad to be back with you guys today. The book that we're going to be concentrating on in the Bible today is Psalms. We're going to be focusing on the book of Psalms chapter 34 and 19. I'm in the King James Bible. I'm usually in the King James Bible most of the time but I I would love to translate that for you and uh, break that down so that people uh, other in other versions of the Bible will really understand and we're on the same page I also use the message uh, version of the Bible as well so if you can turn to your Bibles if you have your Bible um, I'll give you some time to get your Bible Um, get you a journal so you can take notes as well and um, have that as well that's going to be really important for this um this series so I want to get into it and first off I want to pray as usual um, because I really feel like in this time the enemy Satan himself is really attacking the minds of the Christians the saints everyone not even the Christians and the saints but the world the world whole and whole and worldwide and uh, there's multiple suicide attempts happening so much depression so many things going on um, and just people not understanding what's really going on, especially in the Christian community, um, but not really understanding what's happening with um, what's really happening in the midst of all of this. Where is this coming from? You know, how do we cope? Um, how do we cope when we're not able to talk to people? How do we cope? You know, what's really going on? And there's so many interpretations of really what's really going on. You know, there's so many um there's so many things we can talk about regarding mental health uh we have so many interpretations of mental health you know mental health is is really uh becoming um you know stigma as for it's one thing it's in one box you know only one type of people think um or experience it and you know you can't heal from mental health it's a permanent disorder you know you have to take medicine if you don't take medicine you're never going to heal and this is what we're taught especially in society today we're taught that you know mental health is not curable you know we cannot cure our mental health uh we cannot change we have to be stuck and so many people don't go get help you know they don't get counseling they don't go get uh help they don't talk to anyone because simply because of this stigma and because of looked upon you know if i go uh, talk to someone i'm going to get uh be on put on medicine and you know is this the only way to heal you know i don't want to get on medication because of this i don't it's so many so so many uh stigmas regarding mental health and so much and um there's so many ways uh and i'm going to talk about uh, my journey i'm going to talk about uh, my personal experiences in this i'm going to talk about some things that uh, happened to me and that occurred to me i'm going to talk about my trauma in this series uh, just to give you guys a better explanation of who i am and what i've experienced and what i've overcome so with that being said i'm going to go ahead and pray and we're going to go ahead and start and i'll explain to you uh the difference and just the different things regarding my side of how I saw trauma and how God was able to shine a light on my trauma and uh, get me, you know, reveal to me the areas that I need to help in my own life. Um, So I'm going to start. I want to just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today, God. I want to thank you for just what you're doing, just being great and what you're doing in the world today and uh, giving us insight, giving us constant uh, showing us constant love and unconditional love through our lives, through people in our lives, through different situations in our lives. I just want to thank you, Father God. And we just come to you today, God, and I just pray as whoever the listeners are on this podcast, that they receive what they need to receive from this podcast. I pray they receive deliverance in Jesus' name. I pray they receive clarity in Jesus' name. And I pray they receive a new motivation and, and inspiration to be able to push toward Uh, the better them and just seek out whatever help that they need whatever path that they need to go God I pray clarity right now in the name of Jesus Lord and I pray that you um let this podcast uh be a peace to them God be something that they are able to uh really um really 
dig themselves into and be open with um, on this podcast, even if it's leaving voicemails to ask for advice, whatever it is, uh, to be able to really take this and be receptive to this. God, I come against the enemy uh, in Jesus' name. I pray that you um, use me in this time, God. I do not. I, this is not divorce speaking, God, but I'm. Uh, speaking from the Holy Spirit. Yes, I am coming out with insight and experiences of my own, but God, I know that this is not possible without your Holy Spirit. So God, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for um, giving me the insight and the tools and the lessons through experience to be able to teach others. I thank you for that, God. I don't take any glory for my teachings. I give all the glory to you. And I pray that you continue to expand this podcast and you continue to bring people that are looking for answers and looking for understanding uh, to be able to be able to listen and learn. God, I give all honor and glory to you. I thank you uh, for everything that you're doing right now. And we give you all honor and glory in Jesus name. Amen. All right, you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and get into it. If you are in the book of Psalms, uh, we're on chapter 34. we're on uh, chapter 34, verse 19, King James Version. I'm going to give you some time to go ahead and find that in your Bibles. All right, so in this verse, uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're in the book of Psalms, and we know that Psalms is um, Psalms is a song. All right, these are the Psalms of David, how he was sing to the Lord, you know, and all I would say all seasons of his life. And this is uh, how he uh, worshiped. And one thing, this verse is is so uh, important to me specifically in my life. And I talk about this all the time because um, it actually makes me very emotional sometimes um, because this verse represents my walk with Christ constantly. You know, my walk with Christ, I'm, I'm going to God and, and, um, you know, in my brokenness and in my uh, contrite spirit. And I want to break that down. Uh, you know, people might say, well, what is contrite spirit? What does contrite mean? You know, what is that, what is, what does this mean? God is near unto them that are broken and contrite. Uh, you know, I have a broken and contrite spirit. Why is this important? You know, uh, what does this mean? And, and see, most times it's, it's only preached, you know, God is near broken spirit. And I hear contrite, but I don't really hear the breakdown and, and them, you know, talking about what contrite necessarily is for people to know. You know, we, we think God is only near people who are, you know, crying, hurt, uh, and uh, doing everything right. You know, we're, we're only, you know, they've got everything right. They've never sinned. Nothing has happened in their life. And, and those are the only people he's near. But the Bible says the Lord is unto them that are broken heart and savage, such of a, as a be of a contrite spirit, a contrite spirit is a person who is completely feel could, could be feeling have a feeling of remorse or affected by guilt deeply regretful and wishing to atone from sin wishing to turn from sin so it says god is uh, contrite equals repentant okay so write this down I, I talk about this a lot there's a rebellious heart and there's a repentive heart okay and I, I minister this because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you did. God is, God is going to, he, there's a different reaction he has from someone that has a repentive heart. Now, these are two examples, okay, of a rebellious heart and a repentive heart. A rebellious heart says, you know what, God, I know, I know what I'm doing is, is wrong. You know, I know I stole $100,000 last week. I don't care. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to fraud everybody and it doesn't matter because I'm not going to get caught. You know, grace is going to come in the morning. I love you, God, Sunday morning and, 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 and Friday, Thursday, Tuesday, I'm, I'm stealing and I'm doing whatever I want to do. This is a rebellious heart. This is a heart that doesn't, that doesn't desire to turn from their sin or doesn't have any, they don't plan to. They, they feel like, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do and I'm never going to get caught anyway. And, you know, I'm going to call on God when I need to call on God, only when I need what I want or only when uh, I've had enough and I think I'm a little bit afraid. That's a rebellious heart. But a repentive heart, a repentive heart is, is the same. They're going to do this. No, it's not the same. It's very different. But they're, they can sin the same way. But they have a remorse. They have a guilt for that. And it doesn't stop. This guilt that they have, this repentance that they have, it starts in the, the repentance starts in your heart. Repentance isn't something you just say and say, you know, I repent for my sins, Lord. This is a daily walk. 
you can tell someone you can you can you can see it you can see it in people today you can see it in and when you're on TV and you see these murderers and, you know, they're apologizing to the family for what they did. And, you know, you got the ones that sitting in there know they did it and they not saying nothing about it. They keep doing it and they got these paying all this money for these lawyers and they get out. That's a rebellious heart. You know, a repentant heart, they understand, you know, yeah, I did it. I apologize. And, you know, I need the time. Sometimes they don't say that at all. But a repentant heart, even looking in a Christian community, There are so many rebellious hearts sitting in church, sitting in church feels like, you know, I I have pride. No one's going to find out I'm on the deacon. I'm I'm a deacon. I'm on the deacon board. I can't say anything about this sin. I can't say anything about what I did. God is going to forgive me. We see it all the time. You know, we, we hear about the stories of the, of the pastors uh, with sexual assault and all these things. And they're still sitting there like they've never did anything because they don't feel like they don't they don't have to repent because they're too they're too good to repent they don't they they don't need to say anything god is going to forgive them for their sins but that's not so a repentive heart is so important in the in the in the body of christ and in the kingdom of heaven and it's it's important even if it's important to anyone because it 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 convicts you this conviction is what allows people to turn away this conviction is what actually keeps people safe this conviction is what it's what um, makes us not want to do anything wrong. You know, it's, when you have a problem, when 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 most people have a problem with authority, you know, they it, these are these are problems that they have with any forms of authority, and this is why they do uh, what they do because they because they're they have not been they don't have that conviction. It, it doesn't matter if if authority figures are wrong, whatever. They don't have it. Some people just don't have a conviction, period. They do things not even with them being wrong. They just do it because they feel like they can do it and they don't have a conviction. So so it says God is near the contrite heart. He's near the repentant heart. He's near the guilty heart. The person that just sinned, the, the, the you just got out of his bed out of fornication heart. And you know, you know, all of a sudden everything's sinking in. You know, man, you know, you just left, you just left her house, you know, man, like I just you know I don't even know what happened you know you just stole from the bank you just stole from the store you stole that piece of gum you know man like I'm feeling a little bad now and you feeling real guilty and it's on your heart it says God is near the contrite heart he's still near you in that time and he's waiting for you and this is important talking about the contrite heart because the contrite heart the contrite heart affects us the, the guilt we keep inside of us and the pain and the sorrow, we're going to talk about the sorrow, that the things that people have done to us that we didn't deserve, the guilt that we have did, things that we have done to people that they didn't deserve, all of these things, hiding a secret, something that we don't want to tell anyone we did, but it happened, all of this digs at us and it stays in us and we don't release it and it's there and it's, and it's in us. So I want to, I want to, um, I'm going to pause here and I'm going to uh, go into a um, where I'm going to skip into a, another um, section of this of this podcast and we're going to come back. But I want you guys to keep in mind contrite heart, contrite broken heart. I want you to think about that. So as we go into our podcast, the war in the mind, I want to talk about negative thoughts and how and voices uh, the, uh, and how it relates to the trauma in the spiritual warfare. Now, people might be saying trauma, you know, spiritual warfare like who is hearing voices and like what are these voices mean if you're hearing voices you need to go to the mental hospital you know because you're a little bit cuckoo if you're hearing some stuff in your head like like you know you crazy period like I'm not hearing no stuff in my head I'm not I'm not you know I'm not going through that you know that's what people might say So I want to talk about this. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, people that are feeling suicidal ideation, um, all of this stuff. We're going to talk about, you know, where this starts, how this starts in the mind, how and how to take those thoughts captive and renew your mind. This is so important. So I'm going to teach you guys this through this series, taking your thoughts captive, meaning taking your thoughts captive, controlling your thoughts, being in control of your thoughts, knowing where they're coming from. 
knowing the bigger fight of where these thoughts are coming from because these thoughts are not your thoughts you have thoughts and there's thoughts that come in from different aspects and entities that we are not aware of no they're not teaching this in in a psych ward or mental hospitals they're not saying that they're saying you know you're having some you're having you got schizophrenia <laughs> you know you got some bipolar disorder that you're going through I, we don't know what you're going through but you're hearing all this stuff and you know you crazy so we're gonna put you on some medicine they're not getting into where are these things coming from why are these things coming you know what's going on so i want to tell a story and uh you know i remember um i've had this experience a lot uh in my life um I talk about some of this experience in my book as well, but I talk about, I want to get into, um, you know, when you see, I want to get into the experience I saw when I was very little. So when I was very little, I used to see people, um, on the street and I used to see, uh, I used to see them like talking to themselves and stuff, you know, you'll think, okay, they're talking to themselves, they're on drugs. You know, most of these people were on drugs, but most times I as I grew older I was like you know no these weren't on drugs you know some of these people were not on drugs because I've had like a family member who wasn't on drugs uh that you know did this um they were older family member but this is what I I witnessed as a child you know and I wonder you know why is this why is this happening why is this person doing this and I remember it made it actually made me cry because I knew what was I knew why they were doing that. They weren't on drugs. They weren't doing anything like that. And I said, you know, uh, this I, I could see. You know, at a very at a very young age, I had uh, I have discernment now, but I had you know the gift of discernment. So the gift of discernment, where you're really able to see, um, you're really able to see things that you know people can't see. You're able to see things that people. You're able to see. Um, you're able to, to feel things and you're kind of able to see like what's happening with the person. They might not even realize it's more of, you know, kind of seeing the spiritual realm uh, in a different in a different way that might be really odd to other people because they can't see it. So that's what's having the gift of discernment is. So um, I remember I watched this person just um, babbling, you know, and angry you know, and, and just talking and just, you know, angry. And I, I would look, but I didn't understand. But this happened for years. This, this happened for years. I haven't seen it lately because, you know, they're still alive, but I, I haven't been around them, but they battled with this. And they, and it was, a, I know that this was a demonic and that this was a, a, a voice, you know, uh, and this came from some trauma and I understood where the trauma came from as I grew older. But in that time, I didn't really understand, you know, where this was coming from, but I would see them talking to themselves and it was almost like they were mad, angry, you know, like the face was scrunched up. They were mad. And, um, it was almost like they were replaying or talking to someone else, you know, and I looked and I, I remember saying, are you okay? And, you know, what's 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 wrong you know what what are you what are you talking about and I didn't want to embarrass the person say okay you know why are you talking to yourself but you know what's wrong and you know they say well you know nothing's wrong so I realized that you know just as I grew older and um you know I talk a lot about I talk a lot about um trauma and different things like that and what we need to understand is that trauma having having high levels of trauma that are not settled and dealt with can cause you to to turn this way and what it does is it starts to uh, it starts to come out it starts you start to um, express it outwardly so trauma is a form of um, it's like it's a sickness let's call it this it's like having mucus having mucus in your imagine when you're sick and you go to the doctor and you have mucus they find mucus in your lungs mucus in this and what it does it cause huge problems to your body and when you have a cold you got to get that mucus out and all of, a, all of a sudden when you get that mucus out you're feeling a lot better this is the same thing with trauma most uh, some um, patients or whatever who've had who've had trouble with you know migraines or different things like that or uh, sometimes it's not they don't have mental health issues but sometimes it's because of, of trauma and uh, I, as I've researched um, the doctor has to um, 
get some of the the mucus out the fluid out of the brain and then all of a sudden this this pain stops because the the um the mucus the the liquids in the brain are are released and it gets it helps them to be a lot lighter and they've researched that it actually helps the patient feel so much better and so we and so, you know so we asked ourselves like where is this where does this this uh liquid come from you know where does it, where is this coming from this is trauma whether the trauma could be could have been from a car wreck whether the trauma could have been from an emotional abusive relationship uh, a, a physical relationship this is trauma to the brain what happens when there's trauma to the brain that's when we start having issues we start having a neurologic uh, neurological issues we start having uh, problems in, uh, you know, speech, all these things, we start getting sick, we start having chronic issues, our hormones start imbalancing, all of this stuff start happening. And this deals with trauma. And so most patients, most people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia, all these things where they're in a, where they're um, going through all this stuff, they're, they have trauma, high levels of trauma, there is a difference between having a mental um, illness and a mental disorder. Okay, a mental illness is something that is considered could be temporarily. You know, you might you might be depressed for let's say you're depressed for like six months. You're going through post traumatic uh, stress disorder, or you're going through uh, you know right after you had um, uh, postpartum depression. You know that that's considered a mental illness. It's not considered a mental illness where you're going to be put in a hospital as a disorder. You're going to be on on checks for the rest of your life. It's it could be a te- a temporary time span of you going through a form of depression or anxiety. Okay. Now something somebody who is diagnosed with something that is not curable or seen not to be curable. These are people that have high levels of trauma on the spectrum of very high levels, which is causing them to react in a different manner that is, is, you know, that, that requires a diagnosis and requires them to be medicated. Okay. Now what we don't hear and most, um, clients and just people that I've talked to in the, in, in my past who've had, uh, I've, I remember talking to this woman who actually has schizophrenia and I remember saying, how, (laughs) You know, what happened? And I said, you know, how do you have, what what happened to you? And she said um, she was in a very abusive, emotionally abusive relationship years ago. And she had, keep in mind, she had never talked. I was the first person she told this story to after seven years. She had not talked about this experience in seven years, not even to her doctor. And this is when she became diagnosed with schizophrenia because she had never talked about it. And I said, you have trauma. And you have, you're just now talking about this after seven years. This explains your, your, the trauma that you have. This, this has not been let out. You know, did you have a psych, psychologist? Did they offer to give you therapy to talk about it? She said, no, this is the first time I'm talking about it. And, you know, it was sad to me because it's like in the, in the, in the uh, mental health world, they're so quick to diagnose and put someone on medicine, but they're, they don't want to talk and you know, get to the root of what's, what's actually happening. A lot of people just need, you know, behavioral therapy, different forms of therapy to be able to release and talk about some things and not getting it out, not getting it out will keep you, it will, it will make you sick. You will start get, you will start having problems in your body. You will start talking to yourself. There's people I've met that said, man, I went through so much stuff. I started talking to myself and I didn't realize it because they were so, they had so much trauma that they, they did not release that trauma. And what happens is it stayed in the body and it started to affect their body and their mind neurologically and all that stuff. I'm sorry about you guys. Like sometimes I get tongue tied with that word. It starts to affect them. And so this is important about getting this out. How many people have, you know, you, you hear commit suicide because they're guilty. They feel guilty. They feel guilty and all of a sudden they start committing suicide. 
Now we got to think about this. We're going to go back into this, this now. We're going to go back into the spiritual warfare and the voices. What gets a person, what makes a person commit a suicide or what makes them feel, uh, uh, you know, suicidal? You know, we have to, we have to think about this stuff. I remember I'll talk about this and this is an experience I had and I'm going to be completely authentic with you guys because hey we're on here to learn right we want to talk about this so when I was 13 I wrote this in my book people might not know people probably don't know because I don't I never talked about this on the podcast but when I was 13 I started going through uh physical abuse in my household okay I started going through physical abuse uh, emotional, psychological, mental, verbal, you name it. I was going through it. Uh, when I, it started when I was 13 years old, it started after, uh, getting out of a, uh, you know, sexually abusive, uh, situation and then physical abuse started. And, um, it was very, um, it was a very hard time for me in my teen years. It, it continued up to probably the age of 16. Um, and I would get um, hit, I would get pushed around, I would get um, literally beat on, I would get, you know, whippings with belts, I would get, uh, I mean, the, the spanking stopped maybe when I was about 13, after it being so, so horrible that I couldn't, you know, it was so bad, I was so crippled, uh, you know, bruises on my legs, it was just uh, really hard for me, you know, um, two of the parties would uh, drag me around, pull my hair, scratch me. You know, I still have a scratch on me because of that. And uh, then I started getting punched. You know, I started getting where I had to, um, you know, me and my sister were in the room and, you know, we had to stack up boxes and, and, and bags full of clothes just so the person wouldn't get in because they would take a knife and, and get into our room. And, and, and they target me and hit me. I mean, just, just beat me, you know, because of so much anger. And, um, I was, I was very, it, it wounded me, you know, it, it wounded me to the point that I didn't, I was, I was very suicidal and I didn't want to live anymore because I felt like if living felt like that, then I didn't want to live like that, you know? And I went through this for years. Um, I didn't tell anyone about it. I continued to go to school. I continued to smile. I was dancing at school. Everything was well, but I didn't, people didn't know when I had to, when I came home, what I had to deal with. And this is why I stayed at school long hours. Uh, You know, I was in a theater uh, club and I stayed and, you know, I traveled and performed in UIL, et cetera. And people didn't understand that, that uh, what I was going through. They didn't understand my other other side of my life, you know, what I was going through, you know, having to uh, to hide uh, because my dad was a pimp and um, he was trying to sell us into the prostitution. Just so much stuff that I was going through outside of what I what people saw me as. And it developed a, a heavy trauma in me uh, where um, I became very suicidal and the suicide, the the. Uh, those thoughts didn't come from, okay, you know, I didn't hear anyone saying, <clears throat> I didn't hear anyone saying, um, you know, hey, at this specific time, you know, hey, kill yourself, you know, just go ahead and die. You know, that's not how it feels. It's more of like an overwhelming, it's an overwhelming feeling of pain that you just don't want to live anymore. That's how it feels. It, it feels overwhelming. Like, I was also going, so what happened is I was going through that. Then I met this guy at 16 um, and he treated, I mean, it was just an abusive relationship emotionally. He was cheating and all that stuff, saying he wasn't cheating, talking to the girls, he would ignore me. He was coming. So I got my, I was going through this and I was going through the stuff I was going through at home. Okay. So I was going through all of this stuff and I, at by 17, I remember laying down and I was like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, if you're real, I was like, then take me. If this is not, if this is, if this is what I got to go through, you can take me. I don't want to be here anymore. 
and I was I would beg him constantly I remember just crying in my bed and I would say stop this I don't want to be going through this abuse anymore stop this stop this and for a while I didn't hear anything could you imagine going through some stuff and you don't hear nothing you know you crying out to God and you crying at night and God see you going through this and you don't hear nothing. Can you imagine not hearing nothing? There's so many people on this podcast. You done went through some stuff and you didn't hear you didn't hear nothing because you didn't think God was near you. You know? And this makes me very emotional talking about this because this is I talked about it in my book. I preached about it but really get into a personal situation and hear what I'm saying, you know. And I've been through this point, um, just being at this very low point, when I say low, I mean just very uh, sad and broken, you know. And, and, you know, I didn't hear anything. But it says, the Bible says, the Lord is not unto them that are broken heart. And, and I was this spirit. And this was my spirit. My spirit was broken heart. I was crying. You know, I said, God, please, please. I would beg God, I remember. If you're real, then you need to show me something because I can't do it. I don't have one. I don't even, I don't have an inch of me left to take this anymore. And I remember at that time I was laying in bed. I remember it. I was 17. I was laying in bed and I saw this light come upon my face after I asked God that I saw this light rush just through my whole mind all the darkness everything that I was thinking left in my life after that I started to have clarity I knew God was there because I saw that light I knew you know, if he didn't, if he didn't, I said, God, you know, you could take me in my sleep, whatever you got to do. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. It's a lot of people that's on this podcast has been through that. You've been like, you know, God, I, I can't, I can't push through if you're not with me now. I, if you real show me, I said, God, if you real show me, you real. When you get to that point, that's how you know. I believed in God. I had a relationship. I might not have prayed every day because I was going through a lot of stuff. I, it wasn't like that. You know, I was going to a Catholic church. I didn't believe in none of that. We were saying these prayers. I would get beat and whipped and had to be on my knees because I wouldn't say these prayers. And I said, this is, I said, I don't believe in, in a Catholic uh, priest. I said, I believe in Jesus. And I would get beat and spanked because I would not conform to Catholicism. This is the atmosphere that I was raised in. 11 years old I'm 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 speaking out about you know this Jesus and I I would get punished for that this was this was a persecution for me at a young age this this is this wasn't something I just I just uh was following I I, you know I, I tell people you know I was I was baptized Catholic this was something that I was forced to do after my mom died I didn't want to be baptized Catholic but I had to but I never left my relationship with Christ. I kept saying, you know, Jesus is real. I don't believe in this stuff. And when we would pray to get the, I said, we can't, this is not going to get anyone. This is not going to get anyone from heaven. That's God's decision. We don't decide what people go to heaven or not. And I would get, I would get punished for it because I would speak out. And so I was going through all of this pain And you know, half of the pain that we're going through this is, is spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. I'm going to get into spiritual. Spiritual warfare is the things that are happening around us that we can't see. We can't see it. There is a there is a spiritual world that is intertwined with the physical world. And so many people don't know that. That's why these people get looked at as having mental dis. Um, you know, they looked at if they're if they're able to see in the spiritual realm, or if they see demons. You know, uh, all this different stuff. They 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 seem to have issues, but there is a spiritual world intertwined in the in the natural realm. We can't see it, and and many people, believe it or not, many people can see it. They have a gift of discernment where they're able to see those type of things and affects them differently because they're not normal. This does not make them crazy. This just means that they're able, they're a lot sensitive to the spirit than other people are. 
and they have a gift to be able to see that. And I'm one of those people that has that, that have that gift, you know, just putting that out there. And I, and you know, my mom had, had was like that, you know, and it's real. It's a real thing. Just because you have that gift, you can, you have to know how to separate that from the natural thing. You know, you don't just go out and say, Hey, you know, I see something. I'm just going to jump off the building. You know, no, you don't do, you don't do that. That's how these, this, most of the time when somebody is diagnosed with a disorder is because they're not, they don't know how to separate the reality from the actual, um, world real you know the actual spiritual thing or whatever they're seeing they don't know how to separate it so they think that it's the same thing and they you know they get stuck and they start you know reacting because they don't really know what's going on they don't understand what it is so we're going to get into uh thoughts and voices all right we're going to get into thoughts and voices during my uh, uh period um you know, being 13, I didn't necessarily hear anything telling me, hey, you know, go kill yourself, you know, go, go do this, go do that. I didn't hear that. Uh, it was just a very overwhelming thought. And those thoughts, those overwhelming thoughts were you, they, they call these thoughts anxiety. This is what you call anxiety today. They call these anxiety, but these are thoughts telling you, you know, you're not good enough. You know, you're going to fail. You know, he's at such and such house, uh, house or, you know, she, she cheated on you the other day, you know, um, all this stuff, you know, you're going to die. If you get in that car, you're going to die. You know, don't go with this person. Uh, they're not good, you know, and it's so, and, and you, you have to be able to filter what is your voice? What is God's kind of voice or, or whatever telling you, or what's just, the enemy. And so for me, when I talk about spiritual warfare, I, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, you know, I had, I think of it like the day, the, the angel and the demon, you know, the angel and the demon on your shoulder or your con. Some people say your conscience telling you this, blah, blah, blah. but I look at it's com- for me, it's complete warfare. And this is how I'm able to, this is how I was able to decipher that something was, was, um, that there was, that the enemy does attack your mind. You know, he does use, um, he does, uh, God speaks to you and the enemy will speak to you too. He'll tell you, you know, you're never going to get that, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, you, you just need to go on back, you know, la da 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 da. And you have to be able to decipher these things. You have to be able to know, Hey, okay. Like fear, all of these different things that we have that give us anxiety. This is, this is a, this is a, um, these are factors of the spiritual realm warfare that you're going through. Notice when you're getting ready to, to close on a big deal or let's say something good is going to happen. No, you don't think you don't need to go take that job. I don't think it's a good idea. You know, for me, I, it's spiritual warfare because there's even the enemy will speak through people. You might be, you might have so much resistance when you're supposed to do something that that person is not a demon. That person is not a bad person, but you can hear there are things that can be spoken from that person that, <clears throat> that affects you. You know, all of a sudden you trying to, you trying to do something with your life and your mama saying, how are you going to do that? <clears throat> you going you ain't going to do that. I remember before I remember, I would, I would tell people, I would tell my friends what I wanted to do and my goals. Excuse me, you guys. And I remember um, them saying, how are you going to do that? I remember this one person, she, uh, she was so, you, you could hear the anger coming out of her voice, you know, how that's going to happen. And I was looking like, what? You know, there were times where I was, on, I was sitting on the bus and I was with a friend. And this woman that I knew, she was really nice. She was always nice to me. But this one time... She got on the bus and I didn't even say anything to her. I was sitting down and she came to me. She said, you don't have any ministry. I was 21. I had a, a studio. You're not having, you don't have any ministry. Da, 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 da. She just started speaking and, and, um, she wasn't looking at me. She was just talking. And my friend, you know, he's, he's spiritual. He said, why does this always happen when I'm with you? And he started laughing. I said, I don't know. It's like they just be manifesting themselves 
they just be them demons just be manifesting themselves to people and, and and I don't know why. And he he recognized the same thing. He said, Yeah, she talked about all of this stuff. I said, Well, yeah, because you know I have a, I said, but this this lady was just we this lady was cool with me. So years later she told me that the spirit of jealousy came upon her and she was that's why she was acting like that. You know, so all of this stuff is 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 this is this is spiritual warfare. I remember when I was ten. This is the first experience I had. I was ten, and, and you guys, I don't have. I am not. I'm not diagnosed with a, a mental disorder. I don't have any mental illnesses. You know, and for people who are diagnosed, it doesn't make this doesn't make you less of anyone because you are diagnosed with anything. I don't. I want to go ahead and say that disclaimer. But I want to tell you guys these stories because this is very, this is so important, you know, for people just to understand. Um, I've met, um, you know, I've met, I've met actual doctors who, who, who have mental illness, you know, who have mental disorders, who were doc- diagnosed. You know, I've did counseling for them and they were actually diagnosed, but these are their, their MDs, you know, they work in, they work with people with mental health, but they all, they have uh, mental illnesses themselves some people sometimes it's like that you know there's professionals that's giving you advice that actually struggle you know you wouldn't know but um anyway what I was saying I was 10 and I remember being in the shower <laughs> I remember being in the shower and you know at this time I was going through so much warfare it was so much stuff going on my mom had just passed away um, just so much stuff. And I remember just taking a shower do, 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 do. and you know, that's in the shower. This is where I worship. This is where God speaks to me the most, you know, Holy spirit reveals things to me. And it's been like this since I was, uh, since I was young. So I was 10 and I was in the shower and all of a sudden I hear this, I hear this, uh, this thought and the thought said, I hate God. And it was in my head. And keep in mind, I'm showering. And I'm not thinking this. So I said, all of a sudden I felt really bad. And I was like, why am I, I don't hate, I thought thought in the middle of that thought, I thought and said, I don't hate God. I said, no, I don't hate God. And then I remember, uh, I remember it was like, it, it, it stopped, but it was like, I would take my showers and I would hear this and I would, it would give me an overwhelming um, sense of guilt. And I was like, why would I think that? But I remember being in that shower. I said, no, I don't. I, I don't hate God. Like, I don't think like that. So that's when I realized, listen to me, y'all, listen to me. Because, see, a lot of people are not going to get this, and they're not going to understand. They're going to say, you know what, this don't make no sense. They not, listen to me. This is when, as a 10-year-old, this is when I realized a lot of thoughts ain't my thoughts. A lot of stuff that's coming in, coming, trying to come to me ain't mine. And they coming to disturb me. I, I had, I, I had, to, I, I started at 10 years old. Because I experienced that and I was able to say no. And then what happened was I was able to take that thought captive and say, you are a liar, devil. This is not my thought. I do not hate God. And guess what? It left. It fleed. It fleed from me. The enemy fleed because he could not, he could not control me anymore in that area. He could not control me anymore in that area. So what I'm trying to tell you is a lot of thoughts y'all taking on, you know, oh, I'm, I'm worthless. Oh, I'm, I'm, I can't do this. I'm about to die. Kill yourself. You never gonna, that ain't your thought. It says the the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. James four and seven. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And as a 10 year old, I had to, I, I realized, okay, this ain't, this ain't mine. Cause I, I, I ain't thinking this. 
this this new this some new stuff you know when you're going through some stuff all of a sudden and, and you sick and you ain't been sick before you ain't got you ain't got them them uh that acne on your face you haven't had that acne on your face in months and you find out you start seeing acne or all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you've been sleeping with this guy and all of a sudden you got some stuff going on and you looking like this ain't, I ain't had this before. This new, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been with that girl. And all of a sudden when she, when you, when you, 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 uh, months, three months come by and you seeing little stuff pop up after you didn't slept with her that you ain't had before. That's what I'm talking about. That ain't yours. That ain't come from you. It's the same thing with your thoughts. That ain't come from you. Those are not your thoughts. And you have to take those thoughts captive and get to the bottom of where it came from. It could have came from trauma. It could have came from spiritual warfare that I'm talking about. You trying to get get yourself trying to get somewhere where you ain't never been before. Trying to get delivery. You off them drugs. You on the right. You sober. You been sober for for two months. You haven't. You ain't did nothing wrong. You following God. You don't start going through some stuff here and you doing the wrong thing. Well, you know you need to go back home. You know if you don't talk to your grandma, she gonna die. You know. That ain't yours. You take those thoughts captive and you you resist the enemy and he will flee. That's important. You resist him and, and, and he's and he will flee. A lot of y'all taking on these thoughts, you taking on these, you know, these bad things the enemy saying about you and bad things people saying about you. That's something else I'm gonna get into. I'm gonna get into all of it today. I'm going to get into all of it today because it's, it's neat. it needs to be released and it needs to be said. And I'm not going to hide anything because I, I'm not going to hide nothing. You know, I was in this relationship. And when I talk about relationships, I want to tell y'all relationships don't mean y'all had to be parent. Y'all had to be uh, official. It could be a situationship, relationship, partnership, whatever it is, open relationship, whatever it is, it's still a relationship. It don't got to mean you was a, you was official, but I was in a relation, this relationship and the guy was so verbally abusive to me, emotionally abusive to me. It was horrible. And when it started, it was nice. We were texting all the time. I was sending him pictures of my butt and my thongs and all that. Everything was good and nice. No, nah, we wasn't going out and doing none of that because that's what it wasn't about. But when I tell you all of a sudden, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be authentic with y'all. I'm going to be real authentic with y'all because this is, this, is, this is my truth. And I want to tell my truth. And I'm not telling my truth out of anger. I'm telling my truth out of authentic, uh, uh, being authentic with y'all. And it was at the beginning of this relationship whatever it was I end up feeling weird my stomach end up hurting stomach end up hurting I was talking to the guy and I kept asking him hey you with somebody else you talking to other women God was showing me him he was sleeping with all these other women and he was and I would ask him and he said no you know I'm not doing none of that I ain't with nobody that's what he would tell me all of a sudden my stomach started hurting I started feeling sick and keep in mind you guys I have auto I have a autoimmune deficiency disorder so my my body and what happens in my body anything any sickness or whatever comes into my body I feel it it, it affects me directly. Anything I eat, having an autoimmune disorder, you can't eat. You can't eat certain stuff. Anything that you bring into your body, it affects your body immediately. So when there's a virus or when there's a bacteria, anything that's in my body, I can feel it. It affects me immediately, and it will take my immune system down. So in this in this time, I started feeling. I start feeling. Uh, I start feeling real, real weird. Stomach was hurting. Different things was going on. You know, and I was like, you been with somebody else? And, you know, he was like, nah, I wasn't with nobody else. 
So all of a sudden, I find out, go to the clinic, find out I had an STD. Find out I had chlamydia. Chlamydia is uh, curable. And I'm being authentic with y'all. Find out I had that. Keep in mind, everything was good. We wasn't arguing, none of that was going on. All of a sudden, the argument started because I called it out. When you call out, ooh, thank you, God. When you call out something, when you call it out, when you bring it to the light, you're going to start having warfare. I'm talking to somebody right now because it's something in your life that you hide and you haven't brought it to the light, whatever it is. Bringing it to the light don't mean you got to expose or put somebody on blast, but whatever it is in your life, the sin, whatever it is that is deep within you you have not brought it out i'm speaking to somebody it's affecting you and it's spreading and the bible says god is near a contrite repentive heart if you only say god take this i'm giving it to you i did it i did it i don't care what it is i don't care if it was a murder i don't care if it was a rape God said, give it to me. You ain't got to go. You got to turn. You need to, some of y'all need to turn yourselves into God. Turn yourself into God. Say, God, you know what? I did it. I did it. I did it. And I, 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 I was wrong. Help me. Because a lot of y'all sick and you're not releasing that. You're not exposing it. So let me tell y'all, when I exposed it, warfare happened like never before. I started getting, I mean, I, I was, I started getting called uh, the B word. You know, I'm just going to say it on my podcast, you know, bitch. Uh, all these different things like that. I started, the guy started calling me all this stuff. Idiot. Dumb. Why are you talking to me? All this stuff. And then all of a sudden he exposed to me that he was with other women. After I had caught this specific thing, got healed from it, what he did was he went to go get his test, said he never had it, but, but showed me, don't realize that he, he, he got it, got it cured, and then got it to retest it again and showed me that result. Had me thinking I was crazy. Like, I, like it just popped up out of nowhere. Months kept on, kept on verbally abusing me, same thing. I kept having sex with him, same thing. And see, it says, it says, once you leave something, leave them things, and they come back, they come back seven times more. You know what happened? Not only was this person verbally abusing me the same way they was doing the first time, it started affecting my body again, but this time, see, I'm speaking to somebody. I'm speaking to somebody because somebody's about to get free. I'm speaking to somebody because somebody needs to get free right now. It started affecting me mentally. It started affecting me emotionally. All that stuff that that be idiot, f you, da 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 da. It wasn't affecting me yet. It started affecting me. It started giving me trauma. I couldn't sleep. Headaches. Migraines. Couldn't focus. Enemy telling me you ain't worthless. You, you, you worthless. You ain't, this, this person never gonna, the person would tell the enemy start speaking through him. I would never do this. Lose your life. Die. You're gonna die. This guy started telling me that. You're never going to be with anyone. I hope somebody run you over by a car. I hope you die. F you be. Kept telling me that. It it, it started from, oh, this, and then it's turned into this. And I was so angry because I brought it to the light. Come on, somebody. When you bring it to the light. When you you go back to somebody and say, you know what? I I see what you're doing. When you tell the enemy, "I, I see what you're doing. That ain't mine. That wasn't mine. When you start exposing that some stuff not yours, that some thoughts not yours, you're going to start getting attacked. 
gonna start getting attacked because you exposing it. And that's where all the hell started because I exposed it and I was right the whole time. Hey, you picking up some stuff that ain't come from me. I ain't had this before, but I'm having it now. Where it's coming from, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's, it's somebody's coming from somebody. Some of y'all need to start talking to the enemy like that. You need to start talking to them thoughts like that. Nah, this ain't come. This ain't the enemy. When it, when it, when you hear that thought, oh, you about to die. You need to take your, no, I'm not about to die. I am, I am worthy. God calls me. You need to start speaking back to them thoughts. You don't start, you don't just sit there and, and, and be, and stay asleep and be weak. The enemy will have you down and beat you up. Some of y'all have been beat up so much. You don't even know what to do. He telling you, you know, you selling yourself. You ain't never going to have a man. God ain't tell you that. Yo, you you was a you was an escort in the past. You ain't never going to be worthy of love. You a hoe. God has said I'm near to a contrite spirit. He near he he God is near to the murderer. God is near to the to the rapist. He's near to the pedophile that wants to change. You don't have to stay in that. What makes, what gives the enemy a foothold to your thoughts and to your mind is when you keep that rebellion in your heart and you don't come clean to God. This is when the enemy comes in and he starts to come into y'all, y'all minds and your thoughts. That's why y'all, that's why when you get into these relationships with these men and women, and you on the download? When I say the download, meaning you having sex and all this stuff, and God and told you to stop, and you doing it, and you don't think nobody gonna find out. That's why y'all be when you starting having doing all this stuff before marriage, and not I'm not when I say marriage, I mean because anybody could get married and get a ring. I'm talking about having a covenant marriage with God. You start arguing with the person. The person start going to have sex with somebody else and you mad. You calling him, turning red. You calling her red, blowing up, trying to figure out where she at. And you gave the enemy a foothold. A lot of us are experiencing spiritual warfare. We're experiencing spiritual warfare and it's affecting our minds. If you got something against somebody and you holding in something and you got some guilt that you ain't let out, you need to come clean to God today. You ain't got to tell nobody. If you want to talk to somebody, you could talk to somebody, but you need to come clean to God. You need to say, Lord, you already know what I did. I confess what I did. Forgive me, God. I wasn't in the right mind when I did that. Forgive me, God. I was angry when I did that. I want to change. I want to turn away. I don't want to be this angry person no more, and I don't want to do this. Forgive me, Lord, for what I said to this person. Forgive me for what I did to this person. Come clean. Come clean with God so that he don't come in your mind. The enemy don't come in your mind and got you thinking these thoughts of su- a lot of people suicide. Notice right before somebody about to get ready to get exposed in the court system, they go shoot themselves in the head. Because that guilt, being guilty for years is way worse than sitting in jail. Somebody could be free walking around amongst the earth. They're not going to last long because they ain't come clean. Ask yourself today, what is it that you are holding back from releasing and coming clean to God? What trauma do you have in your heart and in your mind and from your experience that you need to come clean about right now? That you need to say, God, I, I, I went through this, this sexual abuse. I went through this rape and I ain't talked to nobody about it. But I, I really need to let it out and talk to somebody about it. Because I really need some help. I need to get this out. 
I need to write. I need to write it in a book. I need to post it on Facebook. God, I need to talk about this because it's digging me up inside. There is, who is it? What is it? Whatever it is, it 